Okay, so welcome Haley and Patty for joining us at the Return of Fellows podcast. Um, so I just want to start off um, with an introduction. So if you guys could please introduce yourself, maybe um, what year you're in here at Penn State, what you do here, your major, any interests. Um, yeah, I'll start. So my name is Haley. Um, I'm a first year here at Penn State. And as of right now, my major is psychology, although I'm thinking about switching it to neuroscience. Um, outside of academics, I have um, a lot of extracurriculars that I'm a part of. Um, mostly there are political groups and organizations as well as multicultural ones. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying my time here at Penn State so far. And I am Patty Klug, and I am the inaugural director of the Chaikin Center for Student Success in the College of the Liberal Arts. And it's a brand new success center. Um, the donors are Roz and Jean Chaikin, who also give a scholarship to uh, the Chaikin Scholars, which is a group of students that receive scholarships um, based on Pell eligibility every year. So I'm doing two things. I'm building a cohort with the Chaikin Scholars at the Success Center, but I'm also creating a sort of a resource hub um, for students at undergraduate students in the College of the Liberal Arts. And it's a brand new space and a brand new um, vision for the college. Oh, that's very interesting. I actually read a little bit about that, um, and I will ask you questions about that later. Um, so, Haley, actually, I wanted to start off with a few questions, um, since you are a first-gen student here at Penn State. Um, so, basically, just tell me about yourself, what, what's your background, and what or who ex inspired you to come to college in the first place? Yeah, so um, I'm actually from Pittsburgh, so in PA still. And I come from a multicultural and racial background, as well as a Latina descent. And both of my parents, um, my mom dropped out of high school when, I, when she was younger. And my dad finished and graduated high school. But my mother, um, it took some years for her to, she went to college, but never actually went through with all of it. And I think growing up, a lot of what they did was talk to me about how, um, they didn't take the opportunities they needed to with education and how it affected their life later on and just getting jobs and in the professional world. So it was really them who always encouraged me just to stay focused on my academics and do the best I could, knowing that it would make me successful um, in this world. So I would say definitely my parents, as well as just mentors I've had and teachers I had growing up, um, they made me really enjoy learning and I had a love for it. And I think between my parents and teachers, um, they really just inspired me to go to college and make sure that I, I did good in what I do. And um, that's academics. Yeah, I really love it when you have a great support system surrounding you, inspiring you and supporting you. Um, for, for me, it's the same. Like my mom, she's a huge part of um, like she always had <laughs> a focus in academics and mm -hmm. she was sort of the one who sort of got me into coming to college as well. Um, Another question, uh, what made you choose Penn, Penn State specifically? Yeah, so actually, funny story, I did not want to go to Penn State. Um, having grown up in Pittsburgh, uh, Penn State just seemed too close for me. And I actually wanted to go somewhere a lot farther away. But uh, the financial opportunity that they provided me with, I'm a Button Waller uh, fellow. And that is a full ride academic scholarship. And that was simply something I could just not pass up. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I chose Penn State. Um, 
mostly because financial reasons. But once I got up here, I absolutely fell in love with everything about it. So I'm so happy that I this is where I ended up at. I agree. I was almost the same story for me as well. I grew up in Philadelphia, so I thought Penn State was a little too close to home. But I mean, all the opportunities here and like actually getting here, um, I sort of realized how amazing this school really is. Um, And then you also talked about your major. How did you choose your major? psychology so yeah I actually chose my major um just based off of experiences I had in the past just with mental health in general and I just love the idea of um trying to better understand the human brain and why people act the way they do um, my end goal is law school and actually I want to get into politics when I get older so I thought psychology would be um a good entryway into understanding just people in general and just the basis for um humanity and I think that'll uh, allow me to create the connections I need to just not even uh, within the world, but when politics and in my career. But like I said, I also am thinking about um, changing it to neuroscience and having more of a um, scientific and mathematical approach to it instead of just psychology uh, as the subject broad as it is. But yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, so um, about like careers and stuff, since um, you sort of have a general idea of what you want to do, do your family members have like a particular interest or like profession that they have been following sort of as like a tradition, like educators, medical field, anything like that? Um, absolutely. No, actually. My dad growing up, he worked um, within the city and he worked with juvenile kids and he really enjoyed his job and he loved doing that. But he unfortunately had to retire due to health issues um, back in like 2008. So he's been out of work for a while. And my mom has kind of always just been a hard worker. Um, she does what she needs to from job to job. She used to work at Subway and Walmart and she's been around. But in the last, um, I would say, seven or six years she's been working for uber so that's kind of her love now it creates flexibility and she's kind of her own boss and i think um she enjoys that self-employment aspect of it but as a family no i'm my parents have just done what they needed to do in order to survive so i'm kind of the first in my family to like have like a career goal within the world i guess yeah <laughs> yeah no that's really inspiring um it is like just to see um, your parents like work so hard like that and it really gets you thinking about what you want to do for your future and I think that's that's really yeah. amazing. Um, so what expectations did you have before coming to college and what were you feeling like when you were applying to colleges and thinking about coming here? I honestly I tried my best not to have any expectations. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. I knew it was going to be new, and I knew it was going to be a lot of hard work. Um, But honestly, I don't think I could have expected what Penn State has provided me so far. I mean, honestly, I have had the best time here my first semester. And between the people I've met and the moments I've experienced and the memories I've made so far, they definitely, they would have exceeded and met my expectations that I would have had. But I was, I knew just to expect that it was going to be a lot of hard work and that I had to put myself out there and be open to the new experiences that were coming my way. That's true. It's really hard to imagine before coming to college what it could be like. Like you can look at yes. movies or TV shows or whatever, but it's not going to yes. be realistic. No, um, it's nowhere close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like being a first gen student like puts any like extra stress or like pressure in your academic life at all here? 
Um, personally, I don't feel it does. Uh, I do pride myself in being a first-gen student, but I don't think it has hindered me in any type of way. Um, it actually motivates me because it is like I'm the first in my family to take this step in life, and I feel like I'm creating the foundation that I need not only for my success, but for my children's and my grandchildren's. And I feel that it's motivated me. It's actually been a real good um I don't know, just maybe want to work harder. And I know a lot of other first-gen students, so being able to relate to them on that level has also helped me. That's that's so great. Um, yeah, and have you met other first-gen students here? Have, like, how did that conversation go when you met them? Yeah, so like I said, I'm a part of the Button Waller um, Fellowship, and on my floor, um, lives I live with my scholarship kids, and a lot of us are first-gen students. So when talking to them about our, our experiences, it's just we're able to relate to the difficulty of, like, um, not being able to necessarily talk to our parents about some things that they don't understand just because they didn't go to college or just trying to maneuver what it is to be like in college and have to go and find these resources and do the things yourself. And it's just nice having that support system and that people that can relate to you. But the conversations are all good and we're all very um, willing to help each other, which is something I love. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's so great that you have um, a really close community like that. Um yeah, so you're like, you feel supported and everything with, um, I'm sorry, what was the scholarship name again? Um, it's Button Waller Fellow. Okay, how did you um, find out about it? So that's actually a really funny story. Um, I don't remember. Back at home, there's a foundation called the uh, Poise Foundation. And it was, I can't remember which fraternity it was through, but I just know it began with Kappa. And there was a scholarship to um, apply for them. And it was... I would get a full ride to Penn State, but at the time it wasn't called Button Waller Fellow. I just remember applying. I had to go through an interview process with the brothers of the fraternity, and everybody was so nice and so sweet, and it was a really good experience. And then a few months, I want to say around um, May, I got an email from Penn State and from the director of the scholarship program, and they told me that I had received the scholarship and that it was a full ride, covered um, everything besides textbooks, basically, and. Yeah, that's basically what it is. But it's so interesting talking to everybody else because we all kind of have a different experience of um, how we got the scholarship and how it was given to us. And it's just, it wasn't through just like one website or one link or one application. It's just, they go out and they find these students that need the resources and need help but want to be great and just don't always have the financial means of doing so. And they just bring us all together and make sure that we have what we need in order to be successful here. Wow. I'm so glad you got an opportunity like that. That's amazing. Thank you so and much. That gives you so much um, opportunity. I mean, um, <laughs> there, there is a lot of financial burden com- um, that comes with being a student. So mm-hmm. that's so great, especially being a first gen, like that's sort of like a weight off your back. Yes, um, so much. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you're here, um, do you feel accepted or in like a part of like college culture here at Penn State? Was there like a culture shock or anything with coming here? Um, no, there definitely wasn't a culture shock. Um, back at home, I had a lot of different experiences with different uh, groups of people and different environments. So I was expecting that. But so far here at Penn State, I've definitely felt a part of and included in the college culture. And like I said, Penn State was ever my first choice, but I'm so happy that this is where I ended up because it truly is just a beautiful community. I mean, I've went to football games and just events at the hub and clubs, and I can honestly say that I've never felt like I was unwelcome or that I was somewhere where I shouldn't be. And everybody I've met so far has been so nice and so willing to help. And yeah, I'm just really happy I'm here.
Yeah, I I completely agree. I didn't really think I didn't know what to expect um, with coming to Penn State. And Mm -hmm. it really does feel like I'm a part of something like especially when you go to the football games like, oh, my God, yes, you start like (laughs) there's so much fun. And you're like chanting the chants and (laughs) you sing alma mater at the end. It's so much fun. It feels like you're in a movie. It really does. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever, when you talk to your parents, do you explain what it's like um, and like what are their reactions? Oh my gosh, yes. I tell them every little detail I can and it's like they're living through me. Like they are just as excited as I am for me to be experiencing this stuff. And my dad actually came up um, for the homecoming game. This was his first ever college game, let alone Penn State football. And so it was really interesting. I'm glad that I get to be a part of um, this environment so that I can expose that to them because it really is a community and I'm glad that I'm able to bring that to them as well. And they're loving it just as much as I am. I mean, they see me happy, so they're happy. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's the same. Like, I talk to my mom all the time. I tell her everything about what's going on here at Penn State, and she mm-hmm. absolutely loves it. And my brother, uh, he goes to uh, Branch Campus, Penn State Brandywine, and it's mm-hmm. sort of, uh, we have different perspectives that we both bring to her, and it's it's yeah. really great. I love sharing um, with my family. <laughs> yes. Um, so, what... How have you been um, involved here? Like what clubs have you joined and organizations, stuff like that? Yeah, so like I said, I really enjoy like the political organizations and multicultural ones. Um, I'm not a due-paying member in any of them. I kind of just gone to a few meetings just to get some exposure to them. I think my first semester here, I really try to focus on academics a lot. And so those have taken up a majority of my time. But next semester, I definitely want to get more focused into the organizations here. But some that I'm really looking at um, are UPUA, the College Dems. Um, MCLA, which is the multicultural um, organization for the Liberal Arts College, and then there's the Multicultural Law Association. Um, there's SMART, which is I want to do, which is like the people that do the touring and stuff around here. And then I also want to do just be an ambassador, Alliance ambassador in my sophomore year, as well as a Liberal Arts ambassador. So I'm just looking to network and just meet as many people as I can. Like I said, politics is a really big interest of mine, especially career-wise. So I'm looking to just get a part of those organizations and hopefully hold. Um, leadership positions on the committee and board and stuff. Wow, you, you seem to have it all figured out. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm actually a part of the College Dems, and um, that's oh my goodness. a really – it's a great – I love it. It's a great club, um, and I think you should join, definitely, I think next semester um, for sure. Um, we have really great conversations, and obviously other clubs that you've mentioned, like I'm sure like it's just as amazing. Um, and – yeah, so I'm so glad you're you feel like you're fitting in here at Penn State and that you like you've been able to have this amazing opportunity. That's just so amazing. So I'm just going to switch over to um Patty over here. So Patty, um so you did talk about um the the Rosin Jean Chaikin Center for Student Success. Um, would you mind telling us a little more about that and how you were involved? Um, yeah, so I'm actually brand new to Penn State. I am fairly new to Pennsylvania. Um, the Chaikin Center for Student Success is a new initiative of the College of Liberal Arts, and it's really part of a vision um, of the Dean and the Chaikins to make sure that students are supported um, as they navigate through the college. 
Um, I also think there's, um, you know, part of it is for students to feel like um, the college itself of the liberal arts is part of their identity um, when they talk about themselves and as they prepare themselves professionally to talk about the things that the experiences they've had and the education they've had here. Um, and so it's a, it's a growing, developing idea around uh, kind of filling the gaps and making sure students um, are aware of the resources in the college and that they're utilizing them to their full potential. And when we look at what students, which students um, utilize resources, it tends to be the same ones. And we really want to make sure that all students um, are, again, knowing what's available and actually utilizing the resources, whether it's in career enrichment, whether it's advising, um, and even the university resources to make sure that they um, are getting, whether it's help or opportunity, that they're aware of how to get it and where to go. Do you find that a lot of um, first year gen or first generation students are, are taking advantage of this program? So, I mean, again, we are brand new. The Chaikin scholars themselves are sort of assigned to me and they're a group of about 100 students uh, that are Pell eligible students and about 66 of those 100 or so are first generation students. Um, in the events that we've had so far with the Chaikin scholars, it definitely is something they talk about as a marker of their identity. Um, and as, um, is it Haley or Haley? I wasn't sure, <laughs> has talked about that. She has multiple markers of her identity. And um, I think this is another part that uh, they can talk to and find community with other students that are having similar um, experiences. So unlike, um, you know, uh, they don't have currently, uh, they're not living together necessarily like the Bunton Wallers scholars. So they don't fall into a community, um, but we're really trying to build it. So I'm building a cohort model for the Chaikin scholars, but then also some of that same programming and needs that we see for those students, trying to build that into the center as well. And um, with this most recent first generation celebration that we had, we were first, we were starting out with even making that a thing, right? Recognizing and celebrating that as part of your identity. And so for some students, that's a, that's a, an awakening and awakening itself that they never had thought of themselves as first generation. Um, so they don't always identify as, Hey, I'm first generation. Um, but as we talk to students and we talk about their experiences, it sometimes comes out that that they don't have necessarily that uh, they're blazing a trail in their family. And so they they need to know um, more explicitly how to go about navigating college. Um, so, I mean, we've partnered with first generation advocates on the day uh, or in the during the week of celebration of first generation. So students can find that opportunity to get connected with that community. And then as we go forward and develop the Chaikin Center, definitely we wanna have in mind the sort of hidden curriculum that happens at college. Um, so if they haven't had a lot of preparation for college, that transition um, can be very difficult if you don't have someone who went before you. To, to show you sort of the ropes. And so we're thinking about that in all sorts of ways, how we can provide that at the center. That's really great that you're, you're um, thinking about 
that because it is a really um, big part of a lot of students' lives is not really knowing how to navigate through college, which is such a big step in, in our lives. Um, so what what was the journey that sort of led you to work in your in your current field now? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so I've been working in higher education for over 25 years. I started out, um, my first master's was in English and I, I, I taught English um, in, in different institutions, um, mostly as an adjunct, sometimes full time. I was a general education coordinator at one college. And I also taught first year seminar, which in, it was at a small liberal arts college. It was a full year that uh, you taught both English writing skills and transition, college transition skills. So you had 16 or 18 students for a full year who became sort of a micro community within, within the college. And we were very, um, uh, very intentional about making sure that they were getting the things that they needed to be successful in their first year. And so that was one sort of subgroup of students that I work with, which made me aware that students are having different challenges based on where they came from, what their background is, um, what their support system is. And then I actually went on to get academic coaching training. Um, it was something of interest to me um, and worked with students with disabilities, specifically students with learning disabilities, which led me to be to another uh, position after I got a second master's in higher ed administration, working with students with disabilities at a small liberal arts college, Juniata College as director of student accessibility services, which was a position and sort of office that I created. Um, and that gave me another sub subgroup of students that I worked with. And in all those situations, I understood the intersectionality that for example, students with disabilities if they have a strong advocate in their corner, like a parent, they're much more, first of all, uh, likely to even show up at college, uh, and second of all, to be successful. Um, so it's it was something that I became more and more cognizant of as I went along, but also understanding that that was my experience. I was a first-generation student, um, but in our day, there wasn't a recognition or celebration of it. Um, and I really didn't realize till later on that it was part of my own identity, that I really was committed to making sure students understood that there was um, a method to the madness in, in, in navigating college, whether it be um, understanding what office hours is for a faculty member or what a syllabus is or how when to reach out and why to reach out to a resource. Um, how to find mentors, all of these things that may seem more natural to some students because they've seen it be done before, or they have parents that are really coaching them very directly sometimes. And so um, when I came to Penn State to do this position, it really was just a culmination of all of my experiences working with students and, and realizing that students are having very different experiences and how what can we do um, to make sure that we create an even playing field. So everyone, every student has a chance to be successful. I think that's really, really beautiful how you went through um, all that experience and you sort of um, culminated everything to, um, to one position that you are in now and that you're focusing on the specific students that you've been seeing throughout all your years. Um, and I was actually that was one of the questions that I was going to ask about how you are a first generation student. Um, so being 
being a first generation student as an identity, do you find that you connect um, in any way to the students that you are focusing focusing on now? I absolutely do. And I, I, I think it's in that one, we may not have, I mean, to this day, I don't think my parents understand what I do or higher education, even though they completely supported it. Ironically, both my brother and I are administrators in higher ed because they had such a commitment to making sure that we had a college education. And that's one way I think I bond with the students who are first generation is the, the utmost sacrifice their parents are making to invest in their children. Um, you know, my parents, my dad was a diesel mechanic. My mom was a business owner and later a real estate agent. And everything was focused around us getting a college education. And I hear that story from a lot of first generation students that their parents are completely committed to them being successful. And it means a lot of financial sacrifice. Um, and so uh, I think that's one way that I connect with them. Um Another is just thinking about my experience and I and that I didn't always know that I could ask for help or that even if I look back on my time, the things I didn't take advantage of when I was a college student just because I didn't know about them. And I think a lot of times that had to do with not someone not going before me um, and saying, hey, why are you know, are you getting your resume checked? Are you going to use a career coach? Are you getting a mentor? Um, you know, what are you doing uh, at college or even in aspirations? I feel I think the students here are very aspirational and that's awesome. My experience was that um, I, I think I tampered my aspirations and that just to graduate from college was going to be a big deal. Um, so I do try to make sure that students are realizing their potential um, and that they can do a lot and that there are resources around the college to help them do so. Um, so I feel very passionate about these students because I think we are connected in that we feel a sense of belonging can be there to the college, but you can still feel like an outsider sometimes because um, there, you have to be creative about the way you find resources. Yeah, that's definitely, um, I know that is a, an obstacle a lot of students go through is how do I reach out for help? Or maybe you're too scared to reach out for help. You don't really have anybody to support you or talk to about um, how to progress your sort of academic journey. Um, yeah, um, and that actually ties into my next question. How would you best describe success in a student? What what do you see being success for a student? That's a really good question. That's usually an interview question as well. Um, so, I mean, there are some outside objective markers. One is to graduate, right? Like within the time frame that they want to graduate, whether it's four years. But I also think, you know, it goes beyond that, um, obviously to get employed in what they want to do. And then above that, almost a Maslow's hierarchy needs in terms of success. I think, especially being in the College of Liberal Arts, um, I think you're designing a life. Um, and helping students think that out in terms of, again, not cutting themselves short of what they can have. So you don't just have to be pursuing a career that makes you know, you financially independent or that you can pay back your loans, but that also will be fulfilling. 
and that will energize you and make you feel purposeful. And so, you know, I think the student success is determined by the student themselves in terms of their goals. And our job is kind of help them shape those goals and then lead them to the resources that will help them achieve those goals. Um, and I just wanted to add something too, and I, I didn't look it up, but I recently saw something, and I think it might even relate it to Penn State, about um, how far people go depending on who their what their parents' degree is. So many of our professors who have PhDs, um, most of them ha are not first generation because someone went before them. If you look at someone with a master's degree, they may have had a parent that had a, a bachelor's degree. Um, uh, but we know the further that the parent goes in education, the further the child will go. So, I mean, it's such an amazing thing to just be the first to graduate from college because it means the generations after you are probably going to go even further than you went. And you're so it's such a gift to make it through that hurdle and over that hoop and through that hoop. That's so true. It's not just um, success for one student, it's for a whole generation. Um, so yeah, that that's, that's very, I love that message. Um, uh, so this um, center is actually pretty new. Um, and you were telling me before we started recording um, how everything was sort of shaping up for this, um, this semester. So um, tell me a little bit about how this first semester is going so far, what improvements you're looking for, like what do you envision for the future of the Chaikin Center, stuff like that. Yeah, so it has been sort of a makeshift space and place. Um, so when I came into this office, it was uh, previously a financial office. Um, and so there were cubicles, so we removed all those. And I was really asked to just kind of put a vision together. So we've put paint on the walls, we've put up signage, and we do actually have peer advisors that um, have drop-in hours that are already working in the center. So Greg Nolan, who's director of advising, shortly after we got into place and got the furniture out of here so that there could be some extra room, um, asked if his peer advisors could work in the space. And so they're, they are working in the space and they have drop-in hours. And then um, as we go forward, I'm actually in the process of um, interviewing peer success coaches who will be a little bit, so a little bit different than peer advisors. Peer advisors are really, um, even though their scope is getting bigger as well, they're really focused on sort of that course selection and major selection and helping students through, you know, um, course enrollment and all those things. Peer success coaches are really the resource referral kind of coach so that when students can drop in or make an appointment whenever they might be having a challenge or they're looking for an opportunity. So it could be anything from like, uh, I don't like my major or I like my major, but I have zero idea what I'm going to do with this to um, I'd like to get an internship, but it can't be unpaid. What do I do? Um, you know, so and our success coaches are really going to be trained in coaching techniques, which is like active listening and reflective questioning. And 
the point of the sessions is really to get the student to the next step. Where do they need to go? Do they need to go talk to a career coach again? Or do they need to go back to their advisor with a certain set of questions that they didn't ask before? Or maybe they're afraid to go see their professor and we can help them through that sort of anxiety about what does it what is it like to go ask for a faculty member for help or guidance. And so, um, you know, that's part of it. We'll also have programming and workshops and other other um, offices doing sort of what we call hoteling, where they'll come in and maybe someone from career enrichment will be in for a couple hours to be available to talk to students about the services that they have. Or um, Stacey Kelly, who does our scholarship awarding in the college, will be available to talk to you about the kinds of scholarships that we have available or that are available at the university. So this becomes this sort of hub of, of I don't know where else to go, so I'll start at the Chaikin Center. And, and from there, from that conversation, um, I'll be able to figure out my next steps. That's amazing that these students have um, that opportunity to find these resources like that. And I think those resources are really important um, to progress in as college students and how we're going to figure out what are what our lives are going to be or like, what major am I going to choose? What's my career going to? I mean, it's so many questions and it's all very overwhelming. So it's so nice to have um opportunities like that and a support system. Um, and my final question is going to be, um, how can students find the Chaikin Center? If you have office hours, um, you could let me know or um, <laughs> like, where is it located? <laughs> that would be important, right? So we are, we are located in Burroughs um, 101 and my office is within that 101A. Um, currently, I mean, next semester we'll be putting out what um, drop-in hours and um, how you can contact us to make schedule appointments as well. But you're certainly welcome to just stop by at any time. If I'm available, I love to talk to students. And again, as I said, we have peer advisors already working in this space. Um, and our furniture actually is going to be delivered over Christmas break. So um, I think we'll be really up and going um, that first day of next of spring semester. And I hopefully... Um, you'll hear about something um, about an open house so that you can come and view the center as well. So you can look for those details in Newswire or wherever you get your news about the College of Liberal Arts. That's amazing. I'm so glad that this center, I can already tell, is going to be up and running um, so fast. And <laughs> So I'm so glad that our students here at Penn State, we have so many opportunities like this. Um, it's part of the reason why Penn State's so amazing. So um, if you guys have any questions, Haley, if you have any questions for Patty or Patty for Haley, you guys. Hmm. No? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for um, taking the time to talk with me. Um, it was really a great um, conversation and I'm so glad I was able to talk with you guys as well. Oh, thank you for yeah, inviting thanks. us. Thank you.